everybody, and welcome to the first only episode of the Jake's Take podcast here at Oklahoma State University. So, allow me to introduce myself for those of you that don't know me. My name is Gibbs Sawala, and I am a transfer student at OSU. I received my associate's degree from Middlesex College in Edison, New Jersey. Yes, I came 22 hours to go to school here at OSU, but I absolutely love it. I'm a big sports fan, and I actually played baseball at Middlesex College. I threw an immaculate inning for Middlesex College back in April. So this is my first ever podcast here at Oklahoma State University. I hope everyone that is listening is going to enjoy it, and I hope that this is going to be a weekly thing for college. Everything can get mixed up with school and going to class, doing homework late at night, and just having fun on the weekends and all that. So I'm going to try and make this a weekly thing as much as I can. I will have many different segments and parts for every episode that I end up doing. So let's get this started. I'm going to do a recap and preview of the OSU game on Saturday against Missouri State. I will talk about some other college football. I will give my week one NFL picks which the NFL regular season starts up this Thursday. I am recording this as of Labor Day at 8.42 a.m. Central Time, so hopefully this gets uploaded before the season opener between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. And I will also answer some questions that I received through my Instagram story. Many people asked me to do some questions, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to try and answer all of them if I can, if I have the right time. So, with that being said, let's get right to it. I must say, I know it's only week one in the you know, college football season, but what a bad week for all the college football teams in the state of Oklahoma. I mean, you can be happy with OSU winning on Saturday against Missouri State, but you can't be impressed with a win. I don't care what anybody has to tell me. I mean, there was way too many mistakes, too many things that left your head scratching. And, you know, I looked on FanDuel. They were, OSU was 37 and a half point favorites against Missouri State. And when you only win by seven, you can't be impressed with the win. You, you straight up just can't. I mean, they, they got... The offense was red hot to start, first drive, touchdown immediately, and I remember just thinking, this is going to be a long day for Missouri State. Already one drive in on offense, and we're off and running, and they were up 20 to nothing. It was unfortunate that Spencer couldn't play in this game with the COVID protocols. OSU had a couple of other guys out, and I thought the offense was... They were really good in the first half, but, you know, the biggest play before the half ended was obviously the pick right by Illingworth right before halftime. I know he had 215 yards and a touchdown. You know, it was unexpected for him to start, but the, the running game just could not get going. It didn't matter. There was no holes opening up for the offensive line. There was no speed, it looked like. Already one game in. It feels like we are definitely missing Chuba here at OSU. I mean, 
We had 54 combined rushing yards on 28 attempts. That's an average of below two. I know they had two rushing touchdowns, but it was all from short range. And one of the only touchdowns they were able to score was because the quarterback of Missouri State couldn't handle the snap. That was after the second touchdown, which made it 13 nothing, and then they scored again to make it 20 to nothing. But just overall, it was not a good day for the offense. Although Martin had six catches, 100 yards, 107 yards receiving, and a touchdown. I mean, you could take the win, but you just really could not be thrilled with how they played. I mean, the defense bailed them out. They had the defense had to make some stands after some bad offensive possessions, and Missouri State should have not. Should not have had a chance to win that game when OSU fumbled. I think it was around three minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. You can't be putting your defense in that position to make stand after stand. And look, I'll take the win. I never will root against my team, but I'm just, I just can't be impressed with this win. And staying in Oklahoma, you know, Tulsa lost. Their first game of the year at home against UC Davis. And now we have to prepare for Tulsa. And it's ironic and shocking and emotional that the game will be happening on the 20th anniversary of the September 11 attacks in uh, on the East Coast. Myself, personally, I am not going to be wearing an OSU shirt like I was on Saturday for this game against Tulsa to make my people on, on the East Coast feel at ease or just, you know, try and relax about it, not get too emotional. I'm going to wear my Stone Cold Steve Austin New York shirt. I got to see Stone Cold live at the Garden, and that was the shirt he was wearing. So I'm going to put my thoughts and my prayers to the people that were affected on the East Coast on Saturday. I'm not going to wear an OSU shirt. That's a big personal thing for someone that's around the New York, New Jersey area. If you live on the East Coast, you know how deep that day is for citizens in New York and New Jersey. Moving on to some other Oklahoma football. I mean, can you really be impressed with the Sooners win with Tulane? I mean, Spencer Rattler, I know he's a big Heisman candidate, but I – he didn't have that much of a good game. Like I said, I know it's week one and all that, but just something about it tells me that you just can't be impressed with the way the teams were winning these games in Oklahoma. OSU only won by seven, and Oklahoma only won by five. And how is this going to affect the top 25 now? Are people going to consider moving Georgia up now with their big win against Clemson? And there were some other schools that got upsetted. I mean, it was amazing to watch this weekend. It was just so good to watch college football again. You know, you had the, the biggest upset of the day, really. It wasn't Georgia and Clemson. It was Virginia Tech beating North Carolina and seeing all those students jumping up and down to enter Sandman by Metallica. That definitely put a smile on my face. In my opinion, as big of a Metallica fan as I am, I will say that is the best college football entrance in the nation. LSU lost. I'm trying to think of all the other schools that got upset. Washington lost to Montana. I'm sure there's a school or two that I'm missing, but it was just a fun, fun weekend to see college football back and everyone going crazy and 
seeing stadiums back at full capacity. Going there on Saturday was an absolute fun experience. It was my first college football game since December 27th, 2019. That was the New Era Pinstripe Bowl when I got to see Michigan State and Wake Forest play at Yankee Stadium. The Spartans ended up winning, I think, by six. So, OSU's next game is Saturday against Tulsa, 11 a.m. Central Time. It's going to be an emotional day with it being the 20th anniversary of 9-11, not just in Oklahoma, but across the world. I'm pretty sure the Mets and Yankees are playing on 9-11, and that's going to be one of the most emotional days in the history of New York, whether if, if you're from the Bronx or from Flushing, Queens, Brooklyn, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a really emotional day for all the people in New York. On to the NFL Week 1. Yes, football is indeed back, and it is exciting. The NFL season starts this Thursday with the defending Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hosting the Dallas Cowboys. The Buccaneers will wear their white jerseys with their pewter pants, the uniform that they wore to win Super Bowl 55 against Kansas City. They are home against the Dallas Cowboys. We received news yesterday that Zach Martin will not be in with the virus. I believe he tested positive or something with the COVID protocols, but nonetheless, Martin is not going to play. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to try and do this every single week that I can. I'm going to try and give my week one NFL picks. And in those picks, I'm going to include a lock and an upset, just straight up win no spread and a upset straight up no spread not taking plus seven and a half or whatever it might be for the spread is and then I'm going to do my lock of the week for the spread whether that's a plus or a minus and then I'm going to pick an over or under for a lock so the first game of the year of course the Dallas Cowboys go on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got the Bucs winning. This is my lock of the week. I just don't see how Dallas can come on the road and beat Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium. I think the Bucs are that good. They got all 22 starters coming back. Brady showed no signs of age. He still has Evans. He still has Godwin. Gronk's back. Ronald Jones could be in for a really big year. The defense, I think, is just going to get better, and it's going to be very scary to see how Dak Prescott's going to come off after this gruesome leg injury that he had last year against the Giants. It was an unfortunate thing. So my lock of the week, first game of the year, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if I didn't mention it, all the picks so far are just straight up to win. No spread so far, unless I say it's my – cover for the week next game the Pittsburgh Steelers go on the road to Buffalo to play the Bills I got the Bills winning this game I think Josh Allen can have a career year Stefan Diggs is back you know I think the Bills are definitely ready to make the jump with Allen in 2021 I think the Bills are going to be a fun team to see and who knows how much longer the Steelers have hanging on with Ben Roethlisberger for a few more years. Next game, 
a personal game, you can say the least. The New York Jets go on the road to Carolina to play the Panthers. The Panthers traded for Sam Darnold. Robbie Anderson was a former Jet. I got the Panthers winning this one, and this will be my lock of the week. As of right now, with the time I'm recording this, the Panthers are favored, minus five. I think that Sam Darnold will be looking for the ultimate revenge of saying, hey, you didn't put any help around me in the three years I was there. You gave me two terrible head coaches with Todd Bowles and Adam Gase. I think Darnold could be in for the game of his life. It's already I know it's week one, but he definitely has to have revenge on his mind. You know, this is this is Joe Young trying to beat the 49ers when he was playing for Kansas City. I mean, this is a really big personal game for Sam Darnold. I don't know what we're going to expect for Zach Wilson in year one. The Jets drafted him second overall. I don't know what we're going to see in year one for him, but it will be interesting to see. Next game, the Jaguars go on the road. Trevor Lawrence will start at Houston. I got the Jags winning this one. I think Trevor Lawrence starts his career off with a W. You need that for a young quarterback who's drafted first overall, so I'm going with the Jags. A good game, to say the least, for this one, a really underrated game. The Cardinals go on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are trying to build off last year's division win, but... The Cardinals could be a team to watch out for in 2021, but I don't like them on the road in Nashville. I will go with the Titans here. Maybe a big day for Derrick Henry. We'll find out, but I will go with the Titans. Next up, the Philadelphia Eagles on the road to Atlanta. They take on the Falcons. I will actually pick the Eagles here. I do. I think that Jalen Hurts is going to try and find a way to have a Big breakout year in year two. The Eagles drafted Devontae Smith. That was a smart pick. And I'm going to actually go with the Eagles on this one. Next up, we got the Los Angeles Chargers against the Washington football team at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. This is a really good game. Both teams are trying to build off of last year's. I think each team had seven wins. Washington ended up winning the, 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 the NFC East, the NFC East was a joke, and then the Chargers had a late push, but it wasn't enough. They could have won more games, but I do like Washington. I think Washington's defense is legit. I think Chase Young could be in for a great second year. They got Washington has many guys to get after the quarterback with. They got some underrated players on offense, Gibson. McLaurin, Logan Thomas, and even J.D. McKissick can catch the ball out of the backfield. But it's a big thing for Washington, obviously, is the quarterback play. We don't know how long Fitzpatrick will start or if they want to go to Heineke and keep him for the future. But besides that, I will go with the Washington football team winning at home. Next game, we got the San Francisco 49ers on the road to play the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff will make his Lions debut. But the bad news for Jared Goff is Nick Bosa is back for the 49ers. And with that little fact there, I'm going to go with the 49ers. The Seattle Seahawks go on the road 
to Indianapolis to play the Colts. I got to take the Seahawks in this one. I think Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and even Tyler Lockett and also Chris Carson will just put up numbers. I think Seattle's offense is better than what people think they are. So I'm going to go with the Hawks. Next game, we got the Minnesota Vikings on the road to play the Cincinnati Bengals. I am going to take the Vikings. I don't know how Joe Burrow is going to play coming off of an ACL injury. And who knows about Jamar Chase? He did not have the best preseason. He was dropping passes. I think Justin Jefferson on Minnesota will be in for a good second year. Now the main thing for the Vikings is, is Kirk Cousins the real deal? Like we think he is. I, I don't know about Kirk. It's always up in the air with him. He had a good year last year, but not enough to not make the playoffs. But they do got Dalvin Cook, who should be in for another awesome year. He's been get, getting pretty consistent since 2019. So I will go with the Vikings on the road in Cincinnati. Next up, the... 325 games my time for the central time we got the Miami Dolphins on the road to play the New England Patriots I will go with the Dolphins in this game I don't know what we're going to expect from rookie quarterback Mac Jones I don't know how they're going to handle playing Miami's defense Miami had a pretty good defense last year they were able to sack the quarterback they were able to force turnovers I think Miami will try and blitz Jones a lot in this game to confuse the rookie quarterback. You know, Tua has had a lot of pressure, and let's be honest, hate from the media too, criticizing him all the time. So I think Tua's going to try and prove the doubters wrong. And this will be the game for my over-under pick. Over-under right now is set at 43.5. Take the under in the game. Both times the Patriots and Dolphins played last year, both teams did not score a lot. The first game, New England won 21-11, and the second game, the Dolphins won 22-12. I just think that this game can have like a 24-10 feel, 20-7 feel, something like that. Miami, for some reason, does not score a lot up in New England. It's a tough place to play on the road. The Patriot fans are going to be back at full capacity. They're going to be loud. Gillette Stadium is one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. So my over-under pick of the week, the under in the Miami-New England game. Next game, we got a rematch from the 2020 Divisional Playoffs. We got the Cleveland Browns on the road against Kansas City. I will go with the Chiefs, although the Browns could be in to win the division. Baker Mayfield had a really good third year. He's maturing. He's bringing more leadership. He's supposed to have Odell Beckham back, who should be having a year back to his old self when he was playing with the Giants. The Browns got some really good offensive weapons, but the Chiefs are just too good. I mean, they are. I mean, that's the reason why they've been to the AFC Championship game the past three years and went to the Super Bowl in back-to-back years and, and won one of them. So... I will go with the Chiefs at home against the Browns. Next game, we got the Denver Broncos going on the road to MetLife Stadium. They will play the New York football Giants. I actually will take the Giants in this game. Saquon's back. 
new receiver Kenny Galladay. The main thing for the Giants is Daniel Jones in year three. This is the make or break year for Daniel Jones. He's got Barkley back. He's got a good receiver with Galladay. Hopefully Evan Ingram can turn it around. The defense looked really good last year, better than what anybody would have thought with Blake Martinez and Bradbury. So I think the defense can get after. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to start week one. I think the Broncos could be in for a rough day up in the Meadowlands in New Jersey. Next up, this game was supposed to be played in New Orleans, but due to Hurricane Ida, it is moved to Jacksonville. I'm 90% sure the Saints are home, but not home. But they are the home team against the Green Bay Packers. I got to go with the Packers in this one. It's going to be weird not seeing Drew Brees on the Saints sideline with Sean Payton. But I, I will take the Packers. It's going to be an interesting year in Green Bay all around because Aaron Rodgers, he's not happy. He doesn't want to be there. He wants to be there. He wants more money. He wants more players. He wants more weapons. So I will take the Packers. It's unfortunate this game has to be played in Jacksonville and not in the Superdome in New Orleans. Still, you know, sending my thoughts and prayers out to the people that are affected in the Louisiana area. My people back in Jersey got hit with the hurricane, with the floods. I saw the Somerset Patriot Stadium was underwater. I couldn't believe it. It doesn't feel long ago I had my senior night there for Raleigh High School, and it was underwater not too long ago. It's it's unfortunate, man. It It really is. Next game, the Sunday night game. The Chicago Bears on the road to the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams get to debut their new stadium for the regular season, SoFi Stadium. Matt Stafford makes his Rams debut. I got the Rams in this one. I think that Stafford has one more chance to try and establish himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I understand he didn't have much help in Detroit and all that, but he didn't win any playoff games there. That's something that people still don't remember. You know, I think they went to the playoffs like three times. I think it was back in 2011, 2014, and 2016. Yeah, three times. And granted, they should have won in 2014, but some bad calls with the referees and the Cowboy loss. And last game. Monday Night Football, this will be my upset pick. I am going to take the Raiders at home against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens lost J.K. Dobbins for the year for a torn ACL. I drafted him in fantasy, actually, a week before the draft, and I was bummed out. I lost my third-round pick on him. The Raider fans, let's see how Vegas is. I think Vegas... We'll definitely draw some attention with the Raiders being there. It's going to be interesting to see the Raiders Stadium in Vegas get loud for the first time. And it's going to be fun to see them. So those are my week picks. We'll see how many of them I get right. We'll see how many of them I get wrong. It's going to be very interesting to see. And now to answer some questions that were received on my IG poll. And you could do this to me. If you want to send me a DM for a question or if you want to tweet at me. 
You absolutely can do that. I want to get as many people as I can involved for doing this. So please, I, I really appreciate all the questions that were asked, and you can keep asking me questions anytime. So let's get to it. First question that was asked to me. How different will the heat be with Oladipo healthy? I think they will be very different, but I think they can be very good, though, this year. I think the Heat can be in for a top three seed in, in the Eastern Conference. I know Brooklyn's there, but who knows about Philadelphia with Ben Simmons's, you know, concerns if he's going to stay there. You got the Hawks that are uprising. Boston, we don't know how good they're going to be. So that leaves Miami in a prime position to get a top three seed. And another team you got to watch out for is the Knicks. You know, they had a better year than what anybody thought. But with Oladipo healthy, they, they should get help. But it does concern with the starting lineup. You know, I always thought that Duncan Robinson should start at the shooting guard. But then if Oladipo's healthy, maybe they move him into the two spot next to newly acquired Kyle Lowry and have Butler at the three position. I mean, do you want to take the risk and put Oladipo and Lowry at the guards and then maybe put Duncan at the three and then Butler at the four? So I think the Heat will be good regardless. They should be a playoff team no matter what. But I don't know how they're going to fix that lineup if Oladipo is supposed to be coming back healthy. But that was a really good question, though. So we'll see. Next question. Will the Mets make the postseason? They have to keep winning. You can't be distracted looking at out-of-town scores because the hard truth is, you know, the Braves or the Phillies can lose a game, but yet if you don't win, it doesn't matter. And this is in September, so this is the time of year where you have to play your best baseball. You have you you can't assume and think oh, we lost two games in a row, we could turn around. No, this is you need to win every game now. It doesn't matter if you go on a two-game losing streak. You have to try and win every game now. And also, just because you won two, just because you may lose two games in a row, you know, you have to put that aside. This is pennant chase baseball. So I definitely think that there, there's a chance, but I don't see it, though. I unfortunately do not. I don't think that they'll be able to catch the Braves. And the last time they played the Phillies, they got swept in Philadelphia with Zach Wheeler throwing a complete game shutout. I, I just don't see them going to the playoffs. Next question that was asked. Does Trevor Lawrence have a legitimate future as an NFL quarterback? Absolutely he does. Uh, why wouldn't he? When you're drafted first overall and you're praised since you're a freshman winning a national championship – against an Alabama football team, you, you should have a legitimate future. But the unfortunate thing for Lawrence is he went to a place like Jacksonville, which is not everybody's preferred destination to play football with. But the Jags, I think, if they can build some guys around him and basically just do anything he wants, whether that be more money into his contract or a better place to live or suggested place to live, They'll do it. The Jags have never had a quarterback like this. You know, you look back, even when they had Mark Brunel or a guy like David Garrard, there still wasn't enough hype around him. I mean, Bortles gave him 
two or three big years, but he didn't turn into the quarterback we thought he would be when the Jags drafted him, I think, third overall back in 2014. But to answer your question, yeah, Trevor Lawrence does absolutely have a legitimate future in the NFL. Next question asks, who is the dark horse to win the AFC and NFC? Dark horse, I'm assuming a team that's you're probably not thinking of, but they do end up winning it. I mean, the powerhouses obviously are Kansas City, Buffalo, and Tampa Bay. Those are the big three right now that I think people are going to be arguing, maybe even Green Bay too. But for a dark horse, like a team that can just upset anybody in the both conferences, honestly, the AFC, I got to look at the Browns. The Browns had a better year than what anybody would have thought. It was the first time they made the playoffs since 2002. I think Baker Mayfield's bringing the right leadership and mentality finally. He's starting to mature in Cleveland. I think the Browns made the right decision taking him first overall back in 2018. As far as the NFC goes, it's just a toss-up because I don't know how good Green Bay will be with the Rodgers controversy that's going on there, and he's not happy there. So I don't know how he will play this year, but maybe you can look at San Francisco. I mean, they are going to get Bosa back, a big part of their defense when they went to the Super Bowl in 2019. So I guess I would have to go with San Francisco. Can the Vikings win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins as the next question? Unfortunately, I don't see it. I, I, I really don't. And not only the not just Kirk Cousins alone is the defense really got lit up last year. I mean, they really did. There was games the offense put up points, but they just could not win. So I don't see the Vikings winning the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins as their their quarterback. Next question asks. This is a really good one, actually. Best sleeper fantasy pick. Terry McLaurin of the Washington football team. Easily. First one that comes to my mind. He is a top 10 receiver. He's a really underrated guy. He does not get much credit in the NFL like Devontae Adams does or Tyree Kill does. So it, it, Terry McLaurin should be in for a big year. I know the quarterback – Situation's not the best in Washington, but McLaurin's a. I I think he's a stud. I really do. Next one asks Super Bowl pick this year. I'm just gonna narrow it to three, man. Uh, like I said earlier, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, and Buffalo. I think Tampa Bay can go back to the Super Bowl this year. They got all their starters back, and I think we're gonna see plenty more battles of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in the AFC playoffs. So. Uh, it's those three teams. I can't pick a winner right now. And, of course, injuries can happen and all that. Next one asked to me, and it, and it does involve college football, is Alabama a lock to win the national championship after dominating the U? Honestly, yes, they are. It doesn't it, To me at this point, it doesn't matter who is the quarterback, who the running back is, who the receivers are, and who's on defense. Alabama will always be a top-notch team every single year. And one weekend, yeah, they do look like a lock already. They destroyed Miami. I, I don't remember if it was Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith, but one of them said that Alabama would win by 30, and they ended up winning by 31 against the 14th-ranked team. So 
I, I honestly do have to say, yeah, I think they are a lock. Next question asked to me. When it's all said and done, how many rings will Mahomes end up with? I'm going to go maybe around three. I think around three. I think the AFC it, it, the AFC won't be won by Kansas City every single year. I think Buffalo can win it. Cleveland can win it. Maybe the Titans can win it eventually or have an upset team. Maybe the Colts or somebody like that. But I think about three. Next one. My opinion on longer NFL seasons, I personally am not a fan of it. I, I really am not. Three preseason games, 17 regular season games for 2021, and we're supposed to be getting 18, I think, by 2025. I, I'm not sure, and I don't really remember when they're supposed to go to an 18-game season, but I'm not a fan of it. One reason why is the records won't be that impressive anymore i mean they won't i mean you may have guys years down the road throw for six thousand yards or 60 touchdowns and one of the reasons is yeah because there's extra games played i don't know what the stats will look like this year with an extra game being played i i, I really don't could mahomes be in for maybe 5300 yards a couple a few hundred yards short of peyton manning's record for passing yards in a single season yeah he could if there was an extra game would would derrick henry have breaking eric dickerson's single season rushing record yeah he probably would have but I'm, I'm just not a fan of it i think it's going to take a toll on the players and you know you, we could get some injuries moving forward with that we really really can oh this was asked to me will we see a rematch with Nate Robinson against Jake Paul. You know, Nate tweeted something that he wanted a rematch still. Nate Jake 2. He tweeted something like that a few days before the Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul fight on August 29th. Which many people are still criticizing about. But if you watch the fight, I thought Woodley only had one big shot on him. Of course... People are going to say, no, you're hating on Woodley or this and that. But if you looked at the numbers that Jake Paul had in this fight, they were better than Woodley's. I mean, they were. I mean, stats don't lie. I thought Paul's stats were better in the fight than Woodley's were. But could we see a rematch? If Nate really wants it, I think we can see it. I mean, has he been training? Has he gotten any more assistance? I mean, you look back to that first fight. They say he was training six days a week. And it definitely did not look like he was training six days a week when he was fighting Jake Paul back in November 2020. So would I like to see a rematch? Yeah, I would. If he was to get knocked out again, then, you know, he would then definitely just end his basketball career. He won't be remembered as a three-time slam dunk champion anymore, although I don't view him that anymore. Next question asked, 2021 NFL MVP. Good question. There's a lot of good guys in the NFL that have a chance to win the MVP every single year. Aaron Rodgers definitely deserved to win the MVP with the year he had and taking the Packers to the number one seed. It was just, a, it was unfortunate they couldn't win 
the NFC Championship game at home to Tampa Bay. But as far as the MVP goes in 2021, I've kind of narrowed it to three guys that I think will have the MVP. First one back, first one for the MVP, of course you got to go with Patrick Mahomes. His talent's just undeniable and you can't take your eyes off of him. He can do things that not many people in the NFL can do. So it'd be interesting to see. I, How can you pass on Mahomes to win the MVP this year? And then I think Josh Allen can put up MVP numbers. And that, so Allen would be another one. And then for a third one, I would go with a sleeper. I think Christian McCaffrey has the abilities to win an, win an MVP. I mean, he's going to be coming back, and you, you can't take your eyes off of him running the ball in Carolina. And the last one, AFC East predictions. Buffalo 1, Miami 2, New England 3, New York 4. I think those are the same standings as they were in 2020. I think history will repeat itself. So that is all the time that I have for the first episode of the Jake's Takes podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And like I said in the beginning, I'm going to try to do this every single week as much as I can. It's going to be fun here at OSU so far. I absolutely love it out here as someone that is from New Jersey. I feel like I'm making a second home very, very quick. I'm meeting new people, and it's been fun out here. I hope to do this for people every week. I'm Sometimes I'm not going to be able to with school and stuff like that, but I'm going to try and do it every week. You can always give me a follow on my Instagram and my Twitter. You can always feel free to ask me any questions. I will always try and get as many people as I can involved with this. You can ask me any question you want, sports-related. I don't care if it's football, boxing, baseball, UFC, golf, tennis. I, I, I really don't care, man. This is something I love to do. I've always loved sports since I was six years old. And that is it for episode one. Jake Ferraro from Oklahoma State University signing off.